You're again with Volleyball Explained Olympic Special. This is the first day quarterfinals uh, in the men's tournament. I'm a little bit shaken from what happened today. Uh, a lot of interesting matches, really great matches. Uh, and today co-host is Viktor Petrov, uh, who is a coach in the Olympic Center for Development of Young, of young Towns uh, in Germany. Uh, regular also uh, guest in, uh, in previous uh, previous editions of First Tempo podcast. Thank you, uh, Victor, for, for being here. And I hope that we are going to have very uh, useful insight into what happened to the quarterfinals. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you again for the invitation. Every time is a, it's a really good time with you. Thank you again. Uh, firstly, uh, let's mention the results because they were really curious and uh, really dramatic. At least two of them uh, Our games, uh, uh, Poland is out. Uh, one of the biggest uh, favorites in the tournament is out. Uh, France, uh, uh, they didn't start it, the tournament very well, uh, but now they beat Poland 3-2. Amazing match, uh, really dramatic. Uh, and uh, and uh, France will be uh, in the semifinals. The other uh, surprise, Uh, is uh, Argentina beating Italy again in a tiebreak. Uh, Osmani Juan Torena retires from the Italian uh, national team. Uh, the other two matches uh, were uh, without any surprises. Brazil beat uh, Japan and Russia beat Canada 3-0. Actually, probably the most interesting things of all, all of the teams uh, of Pool A are out. All of the teams of Pool B are true. Uh, but let's start with Poland, France. Firstly, general impressions from the match. Well, as you said, there's a, it's, it's a big shocker. Um, no one really thought that the world champions are going to be out after the quarterfinals, especially after France lost their first games in the, in the pool stage. It's just France was not the same. Um, right now you're seeing France as you are used to see them in the European Championship as uh, before when they won it and just playing exceptional volleyball. Um, on the other side, Poland, they're, they're always going to be strong, you know, and when they were playing some, some matches in the group stage, you could see some things were not really, you know, working out. But they're still they still have a long bench and everything pretty much works out. But the second you start playing a a really tough opponent, you know, some things just came out in in I don't know in the tactics of the team and in the mentality. Um and it just I don't know. I I actually thought that Poland are gonna win this, but just France just you know they pretty much proved us that once you once you <laughs> pretty much say France are out and you know that's uh the wrong team to bet against yeah I put this title after uh episode seven day seven when they won against Russia uh that uh uh I fear that all we've done giant. is uh, is to awaken the sleeping giant I yeah. don't know if I uh if I had in my head uh Erwin Gapet, or I had the, 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 Fr the French team in general, but uh, still what happened today uh, is a real proof that uh, probably I was, I was right in this, in this matter. Uh, 
what is the influence of Antoine Brizard in this team? Because before the tournament, of course, uh, Benton Uti is the is the main setter, the regular. He started the match today, but then Brizard uh, came in and actually, I believe, he was the the most important figure together with Erwin Gapet. Still, they played as a team, but anyway, I believe that Brizard is very important for this win. Of course, Brizard just uh, put some, uh, I don't know, incredible energy uh, of this team. He started to, you know, connect the missing pieces, which Tunidi didn't really find. Uh, and Tunidi is an exceptional setter as well. It's just, um, as we spoke before, I think they, they got him a bit, you know, figured out, the, the, the Polish uh, players. So they pretty much know, you know, what's going to happen. And I... And that's the, the, the strong thing about France here. You have like a setter that it's exactly that good or, I don't know, in some situations even better. And you just put him in and then he does this incredible work. And, you know, this just wins you the game against the world champion. And it's just amazing how he connects with the middles on the shoot. I think this is another thing about France. They are a team that plays a lot Uh the, the ball type to shoot. And this with Chinineza, with Legoff, you know, they're not the best middles in the world. They're really good. I mean, Chinineza is a really good attacker and everything, but, you know, this connection, the symbiosis between Brizard and those middles was really good in this game. And of course, Ngapet, you know, pretty much finding, finding his, his, his vibe um playing on the way he is playing and Brizard just feeding him balls in in the right moments you know not overusing him but pretty much um getting him giving him on the right time uh those beautiful passes and let's just not forget about Cleveno I think it's not just this game Trevor Cleveno has been exceptional in this tournament and I think statistically he's one of the top attackers in in the tournament uh and he's holding the reception he's just been such a such a pillar in in France and who would have thought you know Nations League they were playing with uh with Tilly and they started the, even, the Olympic games with Tilly also but yeah exactly and now you know just this big turnaround is just really exceptional of course let's just not forget about uh Patry he's also performing at a really high level and I'm, I'm just you know in awe how he handles tough situations because he, it's actually you know this is the face of an opposite this is exactly what you see in an opposite you know you give him pretty much you feed him all those trash balls that no one can handle and he just makes something out of it and that's what he did in this game as well um and in the end of course Bouyer um finished the match for him but nonetheless, he uh, he performed in a really really high level. Yeah, uh, just uh, just to underline uh, two things. Firstly, uh, we have mentioned uh, several times in the different editions of the podcast that Tunutistio in the uh, in the, at the end of the VNL started to be a little bit readable. Probably that's normal, taking into account how much data the other teams uh, have for him. And the other thing is uh, just to support you totally. This uh, uh, this change, uh, interchange, substitution in the, in the team, uh, Cleveno playing instead of Tilly, 
was very decisive for France starting to be much more sharp uh, against Russia and also against Brazil, even even if they yeah. uh, they yeah. were defeated in this match and and also Definitely. today against Poland. But let's talk about Poland. Uh, great match by Leon, great match uh, by Bartosz Kurik, but they just weren't enough and. The second outside hitter problem in, in, in this team was very clear today. What do you think has uh, Vito Heinen mistaken and how could he actually handle the, uh, this, this issue in a better way? Well, you know, it's really hard to say this uh, from that perspective because he didn't lose the match uh like 3-0 you know blown out of the building it was still a really good game um which there were a lot of good things for Poland as well as you said Korek and and Leon I think the the distribution of Jizgo was a bit you know of course he overused his guys they were really effective they were they kept performing uh I'm not sure how much he played in the middle because he doesn't really you know tend to play in the middle um, I'll check. Yeah, that would be that would be good. Uh, but it's not like he doesn't have good attacking middles, especially if Kochanowski is on the field. And if you run the a fastball with this guy, is is really a force to be reckoned with? Uh, so at the end, what I saw was that Poland in in, in the tiebreak they couldn't really side out. And which two guys couldn't side out? The guys that had the most points in the game. And exactly, um, Leon and and Craig. Uh, they just couldn't finish. Uh, I don't know four or five side outs in in the last in the last set, and you could just see that if they don't work, Jizga didn't have a plan. If they stopped scoring, Jizga was kind of you know like, never mind. I'm I'm just gonna keep giving them the ball until they they score. Yeah, but like it's nine four. It's kind of too late for that. But, you know, it was just one of those games for Kurek where you pretty much get a heads or tails. If he performs, he performs. If he doesn't, he just throws a stinker like against Japan where, you know, it, it's a good thing that the rest of the team can win against Japan, but Kurek couldn't. Uh, so he wasn't that consistent in the, in the tournament. But as we both agreed, I think the missing link for this team is the setter and it's not just our opinion it's like you know all of the all of the volleyball world has been criticizing Jizga and I'm not even sure if Lomach is just going to do a better job but they could have tried I don't know what exactly you know what it's what is happening behind the scenes with Vital Heinen it could be a lot of pressure from the federation it could be media pressure for letting Kubiak play or not, you know, changing a lot of those things because it was just some decisions where you think, what the hell happened there? It was in the forward set, it was 3-2 for Poland or for France. Doesn't even matter. And he just, you know, substituted Kubiak. And I was like, it's just, it's the fifth point of the game, of the set. Yeah. How wrong could he have done? You know, how, how much shit could he have, you know, possibly issue during this game and um and he did then as you said he just kept rotating Slivka then Semenyuk and 
at this point, no one can get in the game. You just get in and you don't know if you just, I don't know, you, you hit the ball and out and you're probably going to get out. So you, you don't have this confidence as a, as a player to know that you're going to stay. So he just kept rotating these three guys and it didn't seem to work out in the end. Yeah, two things for me. Firstly, I checked the statistics of the middle blockers. The middle blockers have received during the match 22 balls. They converted nine with five uh, five points uh, being blocked or uh, mistaken. Uh, they, they made a direct error. That means that they have only 18% effective uh, efficiency in attack, which is pretty much awful That's for a middle really blocker. Low. That's really low. Yeah. And, and from those blockers, you know, they, they don't yeah. have that's a, that's a typical statistic for a Japanese uh, middle blocker offense. You know, this is not the typical thing for a Polish middle blocker, you know, especially Kochanowski. Um, you know, that's just underlines more the decisions of Jizga in this game. Yeah. And uh, on the other hand, just before I forget, this is an, another thing. The I also checked the blocks. You know, six against 17 for France. And this is these are just the stuff blocks. These are just the you know the balls that went on the floor. Yeah. I, I think France did their homework really well against this team because they knew pretty much who is starting. Because you can't just go wrong that Kurek is gonna start and Leon is gonna start, and probably you know, like any two of the middles. And I think they scouted them really, really well because there were a lot of a lot of soft blocks from 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 France, and they they can just they could just convert um, those blocks or those points uh, uh, in transition point transition points for them. So that you could just see about you know um, those statistics just tell you that they knew where to go in every set of Jizga, you know, and the middles were just really really quick to be oriented in in the in the position where the ball is going to go so that's another thing maybe uh, that's a big you know big applause to the players and the staff of friends that they you know can just do this thing really well and this is the other side of good blocking not only being cube blocked but even it's maybe even harder to to block uh, in a way in order for for the for the ball to be touched and just uh I defend yeah. it in a very easy way. Uh, let's mention exactly. here uh, and probably the last thing about this match because there are uh, also uh, other three matches to be yeah. to be analyzed. But but what uh, showed me this uh, despair, uh, uh, to, this desperation in the in the in the head coach Peter Hennin is that before the tournament we all know that he's uh, uh, he's taking it into the team. Uh, two receiving uh, outside hitters and two attacking outside hitters. The receiving outside hitters were Kubiak and Slivka, and uh, the, the attacking outside hitters, of course, Leon and Camille Semenyuk. And, uh, and when things uh, didn't start it well, didn't start well with Kubiak, uh, they were not good enough with Slivka either. And he was even forced to play with. Uh, with Leon and Semenyuk at the same time, and of course this uh, didn't work out, work out either. So uh, really good problem, and I believe this is a tactical problem. I believe this is a problem which yes. is connected not that much to the uh, to the uh, to the quality of the players uh, in general, but more of uh, choosing who is in the uh, who, uh, 
which players are going to form the best team in this in this period and taking into account the fact that uh uh that uh, Bartosz uh, Bednosh is for example outside of the roster for the Olympics uh uh, there will be a lot of questions in the Polish media, very volleyball-oriented uh, media, of course. Uh, uh, yes. So, so this sure. is something that that will be very interesting. How how these things are going to develop in in Poland? Because, uh, uh, yeah, we all know that the Polish setters are not the best setters in the world, but still, with with those setters, uh, of course, in 2014, the Gumni plate uh, together with Gizga, yeah. but 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 still, they they won. Uh, and without Leon, by the way, this is a very interesting yeah, topic. Also, two times, two yeah, times, two times but without, without Leon. Leon. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, and so, then you get them, and you you can't win it yeah, anymore. This so is what happened. This is one one thing that that should be analyzed very deeply. Also, uh, is it possible that Leon is is more uh, uh, hurting the the performance of Poland than he's giving? This is almost a erratic comment to be to be made uh, to be made. But still, uh, I would say that if Brizar is playing very quick at the ends of the net, and not only in the ends of the net, uh, the, the presence of Leon sometimes made Poland very slow team in attack. Uh, also, Kruik is not the, the, the quickest attacker, especially in mm-hmm. first line. So, so th- these, are, these are questions and matters that, that shall be analyzed very deeply. Uh, and uh, and also, I'm sure that, uh, that all the media, especially in Poland, are going to do uh, this. And uh, and I'm very interested in how things will develop uh, from now on. Uh, and also, if uh, if Vito Hennen is going to keep uh, his place yeah. as, a, as a head coach of Poland. Yeah, that's a okay. big question. Yeah, a very big question. Uh, I really believe that uh, that this team uh, could have done better in uh, in Tokyo. Of course. Okay, let's go to the other uh, drama clear. I don't know how to call it because Italy is also out. Uh, the favorite in the match against Argentina, even though I believe that, uh, that this match was more even than the other one. Of course, uh, I'm not, uh, I have not uh, underrated France, but still we know that uh, what Poland uh, has, uh, has done before. Still, Italy against Argentina, amazing. Again, Luciano De Checo, an amazing Bruno Lima also. But what is happening with Italy? What is happening with Ivan Zaitsev? <laughs> well, <laughs> long story short, age is yeah. probably happening. And I think the biggest biggest point I have here on my list is, in my opinion, um, Blangini just you know <laughs> made a big big mistake um, that he didn't sign the team to play Nations League. Well, not the whole team, but they pretty much went there with the high school guys and the other guys just stayed in Italy and only practiced for a lot of time, like a long time. Micheletto and Galassi were in the VNL, I believe, and I'm not sure if... I'm not sure Galassi was. Yeah, Galassi was there for sure. Micheletto was... Micheletto was like playing every game that he he has, like he's 19. Um, But the other guys haven't played an official game since, since last season. You know, pretty much the season stopped and they just went into practicing. You know, I don't know if this is 
the perfect way to go into the Olympics without any, you know, official game before that. Yeah. They could have, I don't know, like just registered him for a couple of games or just, I don't, I think that could have been pulled out uh, with the, uh, with the rules of COVID. They could have gone a, a bit later or something, but that's the decision they made. We could have, we saw that they were a bit rusty. You know, they pretty much won the games that they had to win. You know, in, in games that they really like, you know, against the big teams, it wasn't to see. Well, of course, the other guy, Juan Turena, that's a legend. Um, he just keeps playing and he keeps, you know, finding those spots. He just, he played really good. But Zaitsev wasn't just not on that level. I, I think that uh, Janelli played fairly well. He found a lot of, like, he used his middles in a really, really good way. Um, but they just can't hold on forever. Uh, Anzani and Galassi are just not the big, the biggest middles, the fastest middles in the world. And I think they had mostly the problems in block against, uh, you know, as you said, like Argentina, like, they couldn't hold uh Bruno Lima Conte just I don't know this this is one of my favorite players to watch um he just kept receiving every crunch time ball from the Checo and he just made something out of it um and they just couldn't seem to find an answer uh against Conte and you know this is a thing I know as a fan that pretty much every ball in the end of the set is going to Conte pretty much. And, you know, they, they couldn't figure it out. At one point they even started playing to him when he was in fire. I think one ball they, they said to him like a fast, quick pipe kind of attack, but he was in position five, you know? So that, that has to tell you, you know, everywhere Conte is on the field, you need to really put a double block against this guy because he's he was really hot he was really you know on fire making gold from everything he touches so uh, that was for me the checo just you know showing off not just his ability to make a really good decision but finding his go-to guy and just keeps feeding him balls until he makes a mistake and even further on Okay, let's uh, let's talk about Argentina because what Argentina did was a real masterclass. Firstly, uh, I I would say that Italy was not serving well, and the Argentinian reception most of the time was uh, was east in what they should do. And after that, with a good or perfect reception, the check was almost perfect. Uh, no uh, no errors of him, of course. He is absolutely great, especially in that position. But let's talk about the other situation. When the ball was not perfect, when the ball was on the fourth, fifth meter, and this happens, of course, for in a in a match that uh, that uh, that was uh, uh, almost three hours long. This is pretty normal. Uh, we were together uh, in 2019 uh, in uh, in uh, Ostrava. Ostrava, and uh, yeah, and uh, Javier Weber, the the former. Uh, Argentinian national coach uh, talk, uh, uh, told us, uh, explained us about this second ball, the second attack. By the way, there is a video uh, in the channel about the art of the second attack, and I'm going to put it in the in the description. Uh, very interesting one. Just push a little bit the ball, touch to the block, 
again and play again, attack cover, again, cover, cover attack play again. again. If needed, yeah. second, third ball. And if you are ready to attack uh, sharp and, and strong, you can do it. Of course, this is it's not able to, to, to happen each time. But it of was course. a real masterclass in uh, in Argentina uh, in Argentina uh, a playing in this way. What do you think? And by the way, they will play against France again in the in the semifinal, Correct. and and this is going to be the most technical uh, semifinal probably in the <laughs> in the history of Olympic games. The history of Olympics, yeah, probably. Well, uh, when we were uh, you know, exchanging messages today, you just wrote to me something about Javier Weber. I just started laughing because I was just writing in on my sheet. Javier Weber, yeah. you know, side out. And I was like, this is exactly Mr. Mr. Obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Obvious. And uh, it's just, you know, it, it, it's, it's so fantastic. It's so incredible that this, uh, he just left a mark in this team. And this team has this and keeps using it as their strength because most of the players there, you know, used to be coached by Weber. And, um, by the way, I'm also seeing this happening in other teams, this, this tendency. For example, Japan are using it really well as well. Uh, and, but they're coached you know, by Blen. So, so uh, in practice, yeah. uh, Philippe Blen is the, is the head coach of, uh, even, even though it is not yes, on paper like this, but yeah. But you can see it in the timeouts, yeah. of course. Yeah, he's yeah. pretty much, when it's crunch time, he's you know, explaining things. Like the same way where we were in 2012 with Naiden Naidenhoff and Camilo yeah. Plachi was the same thing. Uh, but yeah, like uh, that's pretty much when, when the reception is not perfect and they're playing on a high ball situation, they just, you know, tool the block in a semi-hard drive shot. Uh, everybody, that's, that's the thing that everybody in the team, you know, is exactly in the right spot and they know exactly what's going to come. So they tool the block. They're trying to get to, you know, to, to hit the hands. And not you know go down because the ball is just gonna go really sharp um, uh, below the net. So you know they use the hands, as you said. They uh, I think the right the correct term in English is recycle the ball. Pretty much they use it again. They uh, defend it and they just have a really good situation where they can also run the middle or they can just play a bit faster, run pipe, whatever. And as you said. They just showed everybody how that's done. You know, if, if the first ball is not that good, you know, recycle. Just recycle. Do it again. Exactly. And that, that's very every... interesting because it should be it should be with the exact speed. If it's if it's too if it's too quick, it's going to be very, very fast uh, down at the floor. If it's too uh yeah. too slow, slow, just the blockers are going to are going exactly. to uh, to put it into the floor. So so it should exactly. be with a very very exact, very precise pit in order just to be very to be, controlled, to be yeah. back controlled. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if you know, if a rally, if a, if a duration of a rally in Brazil or in Poland is like eight seconds, you know, their side out is eight seconds. With Argentina, is like twenty or twenty-five because they need to recycle and then recycle and then play defense. And you know, the worth in every point with this team is just you know, incredible. They just keep fighting for one point a lot more than uh, your average uh, semifinalist, you know, because they need to recycle a lot more if the ball, because they don't have those 
high ball hitters like Leon does. If if Leon if he, Leon is not going to recycle, you know, Leon just going to go on top of the the fingers or over the block or whatever. Leon's going to go for the point, and those guys just don't go for the point every time, and they just are very patient and they organize the attack again. And this is exactly uh, what we saw there, which pretty much shows us that they're playing really as a team. You know, everybody is tuned in. Everybody has a job. Everybody knows that, okay, this is going to happen. And if the ball goes, you know, in the block and we're trying to cover it, you know, it's not going to happen. The ball sometimes go in the floor and to, to, Players look at each other. Was that yours or was that mine? No, that's just just never going to be the case in Argentina. <laughs> exactly, that's yeah. never going to be the case. Yeah, probably is going is is very interesting to have statistics. Uh, uh, something like uh, uh, like rallies, uh, 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 not rallies, but uh, but attacks per reception rally. That uh, I mean that yeah. I mean how many how many attacks do you have? Do you have? Per rally when you're receiving, because I'm I'm sure that yeah. the, the the numbers uh, the numbers of Argentina is going to be significantly significantly bigger than than that uh, to t- uh, uh, compared to teams like Poland, like Italy, uh, yeah. probably Brazil, Brazil is going to have uh, a slightly uh, closer to to Argentina, but the, I I believe that Argentina and then France are going to top this. Uh, Because France, ah, is, I believe uh, Japan is going to be Japan also, also pretty, Japan also, high. yeah, Japan, Argentina. Yeah. Uh, but but these are if we have this uh, uh, common denom- denominator, these these are going to be teams which are which are not that tall with not not that tall players, exactly. But very very technical, and they 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 should rely on 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 uh, on, on more uh, on quick balls and on uh, on a. a perfect organization because they, they can't play that that good on a on a high ball yeah, okay yeah, that exactly. i believe that's that's pretty uh, pretty much enough very uh, deep analysis of, of argentina also in italy i believe that italy is going to have significant problems after the retirement of Torrena. they they are struggling Just to one thing yeah uh, exactly about argentina what i also saw is like this passionate and emotional team in the end of the of the game and not during as well, you know, those emotional leaders were uh, Facundo Conte and the Checo, which was a joy to watch. You know, this team was, you could see how much they invested to get there, which was really a happy sight for me. And as you said, Italy, they will struggle a lot to find a replacement for, uh, I guess for Zaitsev and for Juan Torino. Um, Oreste Cavuto, Pinali, you know, those guys are not really on that level as they should be, uh, to play Olympics. But I think they're looking at the next Olympic cycle already, and or even the one the, after that, yeah, the one after that. They have, for example, Probably the one after Tommaso, that. Tommaso Rinaldi from Modena, who is a very, yeah. a very good youngster. They have, uh, Uh, Paulo Poro, also the um, the yeah. setter. Well, I think in the uh, setting Luca, position, they're they're kind of his his uh, brother, set. his brother Luca uh, uh, Poro. I'm not 100 sure if if it's his brother. He's he's even younger than Paulo Poro. So uh, and of course Micheletto, who is very young uh, himself. Uh, and uh, but still, uh, 
these guys are going to need time. It is not absolutely sure that they are going to be that top level because Quantorena is just another level. It's outside of this world, and uh, he, yeah. he he proved it for more than more than ten years and even more. Yeah. I take into account we... the fact that he didn't play a lot in uh, yeah. several years on national yeah. level. I think I should apologize of talking too not too much about Micheletto because this boy needs to be talked about is yeah. amazing but i think we'll have enough time in the next 10 15 years yeah. to talk about him because he's just not going to go away this is the it's something really really interesting yeah. and he's player. a very complex player as well i mean a player as amazing. well uh he's serving amazing. he's receiving he's attacking he's blocking but yeah he's that, 19 yeah, he's 19 also that that's <laughs> pretty much the, the the most impressive part of all Okay, let's go to the other two matches which uh, were not that impressive, not that curious, uh, not that competitive, but still uh, Japan lost to Brazil. The hosts are out. This is uh, not of a surprise. Of course, uh, I, I like to say that it's strength against uh, flexibility in this match and strength uh, uh, won. Of course, it's also about quality of players. Yes. If you just look at the benches, you know, Japan pretty much they just after the seventh player it's pretty much dead end um I still want to congratulate Japan on this run you know they won their really important match against Iran they qualified for the quarterfinals which I think it it hasn't happened in uh, quite a long time and but the fairy tale run you know has to end at some point maybe if they had a little luck playing Italy or something maybe they could have I don't know make made it interesting but you know you just get Brazil and Brazil are just so dominant right now in in in, in men's volleyball you cannot really you know hope to get something relying only on Nishida and Ishikawa Ishikawa played his heart out he was really good he kept really pushing until the very end uh from the service line from attack it was just a really big presence from him. Uh I found Nishida also not bad, you know, like he played okay. It was not it was not like a a game with 20% efficiency or something. Yeah. He delivered, but um the fact that you just have th- those middles in in the face of uh, Onodera and Yamauchi. I mean, on top of the they're not being that tall, they were really slow in this game. They were not like their decisions were questionable. Like Sekiro gives them a ball, and you just you know attack in direction six, not even that high enough. Lucas is there, just most of the time, you just left them without block, and maybe then they were scoring. My biggest question is why are not they why are not they running like you know the seven something with the middle that is just gonna make their chances a bit higher of getting a point? No, they're just playing this. This normal, normal ball in the middle, this quick ball in the middle, which they're just never gonna win against Lucas, against uh, Mauricio. They're never gonna win against a, a blocker that's always taller than them, and they're they're not that physical, you know. That's also on top. Nishida, you know, can jump one meter, and those guys can't. So I think this is this is a thing about the setup. He just needs to extend the game in in some sorts. Um, He runs a good tempo, but he just 
you can't win it without middles. You just can't win it without middles. It's strange to talk about the advantages of Brazil because they were everywhere in this match. But where where do you do you find the the weaknesses of Brazil? Because of course they lost against Russia. They had very big problems with uh, with Argentina, also with France. Where is the where is the uh, where are the problems of Brazil? I think the problems are they're not the best receiving team in in the in the Olympics, especially uh, with Leal. Thales is a pretty good liberal, but topspin topspin uh, reception is his pretty much his specialty. But you know, the, the second you start moving him a bit, like you know, hitting the seam or going a bit left, actually Japan started. At one point, serving not that bad, and you could see that they they have problems in those areas. That's why Mauricio Borges comes in to like strengthen that that position a bit. Uh, but their side out at one point, you know, just struggles, especially if the ball is a bit off the net and uh, they are in a high ball situation. Uh, Leal, of course, is one of the most physical guys in in the sport, but his decisions are sometimes questionable you know sikita got to block him twice like yeah, yeah i yeah, saw that you know, the first one at least yeah, yeah so it. so uh, that's that's just not that's just not normal you know if you if you get the if you hit the ball at 370 or whatever that shouldn't be a issue you should get some control on that thing and just i don't know avoid that block or just go over it uh but yeah i think that would be the one of the um The weaknesses of Brazil, for sure, not their service game. They're really serving, really stable. Not, and it's not just aces. You know, is they just have really precise, precise serve, and they're just getting a lot of teams out of system. I I see that a lot of a lot of teams that are playing against Brazil are out of system, and it's really difficult if you have this kind of pressure the whole the whole game. Yeah, it's very impressive for Sikita's case because he's only 175. And by the way, I mean, I, I'm even taller. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to offend anyone, but even my sister is 175. So, by the way, the, by the way, I was very interested to 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 understand that Matias Sanchez, the the reserve setter of Argentina, is even 176. Smaller, uh, 176. Was, I, I saw 173, but it doesn't matter. It's it's a very yeah. strange to have uh, in taking into account their uh, their height. It's very impressive the le- the level of uh, a volleyball they can play because because it's it's really impressive that they are able to uh, to do very good things on on the on the floor with 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 that height. We know that uh, yeah, before 175, 180 was pretty much. Uh, Was pretty much totally okay, but now it's not, and it's really impressive that they can yeah. do that well. Now even the liberals are bigger. Yeah, yeah. And Maybe no, with I the mean, exception of the the uh, former Iranian liberal who was one six eight, uh, probably the Zarif, yeah. probably the the shortest player uh, yeah. that that time. Okay, let's go to Russia and Canada. Another routine win here for the for the favorites. Uh, one. Uh, at Trivia moment in the match is that Canada didn't lead even for a single moment uh, in any of the sets. So Russia was leading from uh, from the start to the uh, to the end. Uh, 
uh, Volkov, who has a great tournament, scored 15 points and 14 points for uh, Maxim Mikhailov and another win for Russia. And they will play Brazil. Uh, the question nothing is... New. Yeah, nothing new. The question is, is it is that going to be the final before the final? Or uh, France or Argentina can can hurt them in the... Actually, we saw that France can can hurt uh, Brazil or uh, or, or, Russia, or, 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 or Russia. Russia. So yeah, it's, it's going to be at another another mini tournament in the pool B. For sure, um, France showed pretty much that they can bite. And um, but yeah, for me, it's going to be a final before the final. Um, just two of the top teams in the world. Um, but yeah, Russia against Canada. No, no surprise there. Uh, I was watching, uh, I watched the game and well, there are some things, you know, which I saw in Russia where I thought, okay, if they keep doing that, that's going to be a problem against a, a team that, you know, can handle that. And we'll see how they, how they play against Brazil. Uh, Russia, Brazil is like this classical game, which you just can't get enough of. They just, they've played so many finals against each other so many really big games against each other and they they know each other um but the last game obviously went for for russia uh mikhailov is this legend that i don't know he's gonna play 20 more years i guess on the same level amazing um but he's just leading by example uh the russian machine just keeps scoring and just keeps giving him you know the opportunities to to be great uh, the the general, you know, this is a, the classical thing about Russia, the serve and block. This is like Russia 20, 30 years, uh, strong serve and big block, and you know, everything else is just somewhere there, yeah. But uh, they just showed it again big, big guns from serve and a really, really big block. They're just, I think, in average, they're the, the tallest team in the, in the tournament. Um, and uh, they're just not just strong serves. They're really smart serves. The Blair band has been giving him, you know, mostly when he was in position one, he has been giving them a bit of the, the, the seam in one or just the sideline in position one. And, you know, Mikhailov goes there, aces him. So, you know, he thinks about it. I'm just, I'm not going to give him that position anymore. He goes there, goes in the seam between one six. So that's just really good serves. And, they show that they can be also not just powerful, but, you know, uh, pretty much go where, wherever they want. And this is really dangerous if it, you know, works every time. I think the weak link there is a bit Golubev. It's not the best libero in the world. And I saw some, you know, some simple, easy situations where you should deliver the ball directly to the setter uh but that wasn't the case uh not a bad receiver certainly a okay defender um but you know the libero doesn't get to decide a lot how the game is going but yeah uh the fantastic outside duo probably the best duo in the world uh luka and volkov they weren't amazing uh i mean volkov was pretty good but luka he just makes those occasional mistakes in system which are really interesting 
because I feel like Luca in five years is going to be the best attacker in the world without any questioning because the amount of skill he has is just ridiculous for a guy who is two meters six. He can just do everything with the ball. He can tip, he can wipe, he can roll shot, he can drive shot, he can do whatever he wants. It's just, I think this, those are too many decisions for him right now. And that's why probably he's still making some mistakes. Uh, and in crunch time, we saw when Canada was coming in in the second set, uh, they started making some easy mistakes, you know, like a line error or uh, uh, hitting something in the block. So a bit sloppy, you know, a bit sloppy in those longer rallies. Um, so, uh, yeah, well, that's pretty much Russia. Sloppy, but really strong. Okay, uh, thanks for that. Uh, I believe that we're pretty much uh, uh, comprehensive with uh, with uh, with our analysis, uh, your analysis uh, mostly in uh, for the matches. But uh, let's mention that tomorrow are the uh, quarterfinals in the women's tournament, starting with Korea against Turkey, Dominican Republic against the USA. Let's say that these are the two matches with uh, clear favorites, Turkey and uh, USA. Uh, Serbia will play Italy probably uh, in the most uh, curious match of the day, uh, replay of uh, World Championship Final 2018 and uh, another clash between Brazil and Russia, the last match of the day where uh, it will be absolutely interesting, at least for me. Uh, and this is going to be another great day of volleyball uh, in Tokyo 2020. Of course, I would like to uh, to thank you uh, again for co-hosting this episode of Volleyball Explained Olympic Special, and I hope that uh, you you're going to have a lot of uh, success with the with the German talents. Uh, and uh, why not see them, uh, if not in Paris, in in Lo Los Angeles? <laughs> thank you. Well, probably <laughs> Paris is a bit too early, but yeah, yeah. hopefully we'll get to see some guys in in Los Angeles yeah. in a couple of more years. Thank you very much for having me. It's always a pleasure. Uh, what it, what you're doing is really, you know, educational and helping a lot of people. And I think it's really interesting. Keep Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you to too. the, thanks to the spectators for watching this. Uh, uh, put in the comments, your, uh, your ideas, your opinions, uh, uh, your shares about what is happening in Tokyo. I was surprised uh, by uh, by France and Argentina. Uh, will uh, Vito Henen keep his place as a head coach of the of the Polish national team, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. Uh, thank you, uh, and of course, uh, see you very soon again. Bye, bye. Bye. -bye.